Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Good morning, everybody. We're glad that you're here this morning. If everyone will uh, find their place and stand, because we're going to be singing Standing on the Promises. You can't sit on the premises and stand on the promises, can you? Let's stand as we sing our first hymn. Oh, look here, we've got somebody missing. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, Standing on the promises of Christ my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord Bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord Overcoming lady with the spirit sword, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Promises of Christ, my Savior, standing, standing. We are standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ, my Savior, standing. Thank you for another day. Thank you for a beautiful day. And thank you for everyone that's been able to join us here and be with the folks that were not able to be with us. Yes, uh, be with Pastor Steve as he delivers the message. And above all, thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. And uh, we're certainly glad that all of you are here with us this morning. We're missing some. If you notice that row by, right behind Rennie there, it's empty today, isn't it? Freddie and his family are not able to be with us today, so we miss them. They're ill. And uh, so I know you'll be praying for them that they'll be well soon. And Austin's just not able to be with us yet, but he has come through his surgery. He's getting better. He's at home, right? No, he's not home. I'm 
Oh, okay. You want to do it now? Okay. Come on. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. My name's Rennie. Uh, my husband is Austin. He's the guy you've been praying for. Before I go any further, I definitely just want to tell you how much we appreciate and thank you for your prayers. Uh, every time you even thought of him or lifted him up, it's I really believe in prayer, and that Amen. put him to the other side. Um, after a surprise announcement by a doctor that he had cancer, well, he went into two surgeries, two different times, um, and the second one was a killer. It was the worst thing that I'd ever seen, and he his recovery was amazing, but we found... We're, we got to the other side, the doctor came in the last uh, day before we left the hospital after 16 days, and he said, um, you've just gone through a storm, but you're on the other side, so all we have to do now is just get better. So this, I understand the recovery is um, about two months long, and, um, and he's every day getting stronger, and crazy thing is that Medicare has covered so much, they brought him a walker, and supplies and a nurse and rehab I don't know so Amen. anyway just praise the Lord for everything uh, that uh, we've been able to enjoy and uh, I'm just I'm here momentarily I just came back to take care of a little bit of business and I'm leaving day after tomorrow to go back and take care of him right now he's at our son's um, and son and daughter-in-law's home in Orlando Florida and that's where it took place God bless you all thank you so much for your prayers I'm in thanks Randy. we appreciate that and I thought maybe since Rennie was here, Austin was at home. But he's at home in, in Orlando. So we're glad of that. And I know you're going to continue to remember him in your prayers as he heals. And um, uh, we'll get continuing updates from him. Uh, we've got some other prayer concerns. I mentioned Freddie already. But uh, <clears throat> he'll tell us about more. I really have uh, nothing much more to say to that. What's, what's wrong with Freddie's family? You have any idea? No, just they're ill. They're ill. That's all I know. Okay. Flu-like symptoms, I believe. Okay. I have no updates. Um, Penny, she's still with her dad, and there's his, you know, up and down days there. Um, and uh, been praying for Julie's mother. Hopefully, she's recovering. I'm not sure where she's at right now. Julie, thumbs here. up. So that's good. Uh, Julie doesn't have her hat on today, so you didn't recognize. I noticed that right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, Julie. <laughs> but continue to remember Julie's mother in your prayers as well, um, and of course all the others that we have on our prayer list. We have. Uh, several individuals that we're continuing to pray for, and I'm not going to try to uh, name all of them this morning, but uh, we do appreciate, as Rennie said a moment ago, we know this is a praying church. We know you lift up the individuals that we mention in prayer, and we really do appreciate that. And I know you're, you're praying for me and Wanda as we get ready for our trip back to the United States. By the way, something that I need to announce this morning Next Tuesday will be the last day that I'll be able to go to the market. So if you want to continue that, and by the way, we have one person here this morning who found out about us at the market. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, it is something that lets people know about us. People get acquainted with us. People eat our pastries or pies or Cookies, or Rennie has furnished several cookies for us. And so we appreciate you doing that, and I hope you'll continue that as Wanda and I leave and, and uh, uh, you're able to have a presence at the Tuesday market. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know, I, uh, Tuesday will be my last day there. And uh, I've got other things that I've got to do the next week, and uh, we're uh, getting ready to the best of our ability, to uh, leave on Monday the 31st, the 31st of this month. And uh, so um, continue to remember us in your prayers as uh, we continue our preparation for our trip back. The next song is Jesus Hold My Hand. Let us stand together if you're able to and uh, sing this song with us.
praise team. By the way, you may have noticed we're missing somebody today. Toby is not able to be with us this morning, and uh, so uh, hopefully he'll be able to be back with us next Sunday, but uh, we are missing him, aren't we? And uh, we are very thankful that the others have stepped up, and we had a good song service this morning, I think. I think we did. <laughs> trouble times ahead. I know we don't like to hear messages that are talking about trouble and trials and tribulation and heartache and all that sort of thing. But you know that's part of life. It is. It's things that we have to go through. And as we think about, and we're talking about messages on the end time, remember? That's what we're talking about in my Sunday morning messages. And that's coming. There's trouble ahead. Trouble times ahead. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to start reading with the 15th verse in just a moment. I think we'll have it up on our screen as well. As we continue to look at the 
all of that discourse that Jesus had with His disciples and see these things that He's presenting. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But Matthew 24, beginning with verse 15. So when you see the abomination that causes desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of, out of his house. And a man in the field must not go back to get his clothes. Woe to a pregnant woman and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your escape may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For at that time there will be great tribulation the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again. Unless those days were limited, no one would, be, uh, would survive. But these days will be limited because of the elect. Our Father, we thank You today for the reading of Your Word. Things that probably will not completely understand until these things happen, until they take place. As much of the book of Revelation is. We know that there's some things that you've told us about the end times, about the end of the age, you're coming again, that we may not fully comprehend and understand until those things actually happen. But Father, we know You've given these things to us for us to read and understand and develop. Help us today that we will know that regardless of what the future brings, You're with us. And we can trust You. We can know that You're going to take care of and Father, if there's one in our midst this morning who has never trusted in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they've never called on Him out of their sins, realizing that they're lost, they're doomed, they're bound for a devil's hell, and ask You to be their Savior, we pray that today would be the day that that would take place and they would be one of Your children before this service ends. Again, thank you for providing this time together. Thank you for our church. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we look at the events of recent history, in countries that are close around us, in fact, and around the world, we wonder, are we seeing the beginning of the end? We ask the question, when will Jesus come back? And we ask that in sincerity. We'd like to know, when is He coming again? Will we the church, our churches, be raptured out before the last part of this scenario, before the tribulation, before the end time problems. Often, I feel like we're like a big family crammed into a minivan traveling across the country on a road trip. And the question that comes up over and over and over again, are we there yet? Have you ever had kids sitting in the back seat? Daddy, are we there yet? 
How much longer? When is the end? That's questions I'm not going to answer today. I guess you gathered that. I don't know about you, but considering all that is happening in our world today, I'm ready for Jesus to come again. Right now, I am. Wouldn't it be great if He would just come and rapture us out of this world and we wouldn't have to face the problems, the stress, the cares. We're seeing things today, both good and bad, but I, I think mostly bad in my thinking, that our grandparents never dreamed about would happen. Yet, we're seeing these things happen. And these nations and these things that are happening in these nations grieve us deeply. We wonder what's in store for us as Christians. Look around. It seems the whole world is turning against anything and anyone Christian. Jesus tells us plainly in John 15, verse 18, If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. That hate the world has for Jesus and those that belong to Him will only get worse if I understand the Bible correctly. And I think I do. I'm here this morning to preach to you the whole counsel of God. I need to give the good, the bad, and the ugly for us to really understand what God tells us in His Word. But I hear so many Christians, so-called Christians at least, Ask me, but doesn't God want me to be happy? Have you ever heard Christians ask you that? Now sometimes that's asked in a way for them to justify some sin in their lives. The fact is, Nowhere in the Bible is a Christian called to be happy. Now we do find that word in the Bible. But God never calls us to be happy. He does call us to be joyful. And there's a difference. Jesus warns us time and time again of trouble, of sorrows. As we look at Matthew chapters 24 and 25, as we look at this end time narrative that we've been going through, Jesus' Olivet Discourse, as I mentioned a moment ago, it reminds us that He is answering the question the disciples asked. Let's look at that question again. It's found in verse 3 of chapter 24. It says, While He was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached Him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of Your coming and of the end of the age? Do you notice that there's three different questions there? Three different ones. Now our focal passages for today will drive further into that question that they ask. 
Many commentators believe that these verses deal with the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple back in 70 A.D. And that time was yet coming in Jesus' day as He looked forward in history. And part of what happened then was the fulfillment of what Jesus was saying. But not all of it. It didn't fulfill everything that Jesus was saying. The destruction of that time was great. And the tribulation that came for the Jews during that period of time. The inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judea were going through a terrible time by the Romans as the destruction of the temple took place. This was 40 years after Jesus gave this particular prophecy. A historian by the name of Josephus, a contemporary of that period of time, wrote about this. Listen to the words that he gives. Talking about Jerusalem, he said all the rest of the wall encompassing the city was so completely leveled to the ground as to leave future visitors to the spot no ground for believing that it had ever been inhabited. He also claimed that when the Romans sacked Jerusalem and devastated Judea, 97,000 Jews were enslaved. Another 1.1 million died by slaughter and starvation. That's Joseph Cephas' words. He saw this happen. So there was a short-term aspect to Jesus' prophecy. And these things were significant. These things were terrible. But I'm here this morning to tell you that there's a future aspect beyond 70 A.D. when these things happen that has yet to be fulfilled, has yet to occur. Notice Matthew 24, verse 15. So when you see the abomination that causes desolation, spoken by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, first, I'm sorry, first, let me say, when we look at this, the emphasis is what Matthew added. Let the reader understand. He knew that it was going to be something difficult for individuals to understand about these end time events. That's why he added that little phrase in there. This is also found in Mark chapters 13 and 14. And Matthew and Mark were both written for future readers and for them to understand what Jesus was talking about. Any Bible scholar of that day, and today for that matter, with any knowledge of the Old Testament, and all of these people that Jesus was speaking to and, and who would read these scriptures at a later date knew the Old Testament. Specifically the book of Daniel. Knowing that this verse of scripture that Jesus was giving has direct reference to Daniel. Especially since Jesus mentions him by name. He's talking about what Daniel said in his prophecies. 
the abomination of desolation is mentioned three times in the book of Daniel. The Jews of Jesus' day knew very well what Jesus was talking about. You see, the abomination of desolation had taken place in 167 B.C., over 100 years, over 150 years prior to the time that Jesus spoke these words. They knew what had happened at that time. But Jesus is giving this as a future event. The same type thing that happened in 167 B.C. is going to happen again, Jesus is telling them. Alright, let's look at what happened in 167 B.C. It was during the oppressive reign of Antiochus Epiphanes. You've heard his name, I know. He polluted the temple by sacrificing a pig on the altar. Now you know the Jews' understanding of swine, an unclean animal, and the requirements that God had given for a sacrifice to be made on that altar. Not a pig. And then Antiochus also polluted the temple by enacting, erecting, that is, a shrine to a false god inside the temple. Afterwards, when the temple was cleansed, the Jews instituted a festival in celebration of the cleansing of the temple. It's called the Festival of Lights. You've heard of that. If you're a Jew, you know that that's talking about Hanukkah. And we know that took place about the time of what we celebrate as Christmas. But Jesus is saying, when you see the abomination that causes desolation standing in the holy place, a very similar thing was going to happen again to what happened back then. Now what is the holy place? Well, the implication here is clear. At the very least, the temple is indicated and more specifically the very holy of holies in that temple is indicated and it means that the temple is going to have to be rebuilt Amen. it's going to be before these days come to pass there's going to be a temple on the temple mount And this abomination that Jesus is talking about will take place in that new temple. And that will bring desolation. However, Jesus was looking to the future and not backwards, not to the time in the past when that took place, but something that was going to happen in the future. Indicating that what Daniel prophesied had not yet been fulfilled even, all the, even though all the Jews had reckoned that to be the time that the pollution of the temple had taken place earlier. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. With holiness will come joy. You remember I mentioned we, we are told to have joy. Not happiness, but joy. And that joy is eternal, transcendent, greater than all of our circumstances. The fact that we look into the future and it may not be the rosiest picture that we could paint, 
Jesus tells us that the world will have trouble. But He doesn't tell us that we will have trouble. Yes, we may be going through trouble, but the trouble is in the world. And we're in Christ. And He can give us whatever is needed to stand up to the trouble that we face whenever we face it in our lives. John 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in the world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Some translations there say, I have overcome the world. Jesus, drawing a conclusion from what He had said previously, in verses 4 through 14 that we read a moment ago, He says in verse 15, So when, so when, Notice he didn't say if, but when. This was something that was going to happen. This was something that was going to take place. Daniel's prophecy and the prophecy that he made right here is going to come about. It's going to happen. The 70 weeks that Daniel talked about in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. We don't have time to go back and read all of that this morning. I encourage you to do that, though, in your own time. Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 tells about the 70 weeks. The 70 week prophecy deals with 70 weeks of years. Seven years or 490 years as you multiply it. And this was Jewish history that happened up to the time that Jesus came. It was a prophecy about Jesus coming the first time. But it didn't complete everything that Daniel talked about in the 70 years. There's one year left. It's the 70th year. And it means seven years. There's a seven years yet to come fulfilling the prophecy that Daniel made about the 70 weeks. And that last week is when Jesus is going to come again. He's coming. And we can look forward to His coming. Now, we won't take time this morning to go into everything that's going to happen during that last week. We don't have time this morning. But we know from studying the Scriptures, the book of Revelation in particular, and the book of Daniel, that the Antichrist is going to be revealed. That ruler... Not an Antichrist. There's going to be many Antichrists. But the Antichrist. Notice that. There's one Antichrist that, that is the fulfillment of all these things that have been prophesied about the end times and Him coming to rule the world. And wreak havoc upon God's people. And we'll talk about that more in just a moment. But notice Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. It says here, He will make a firm covenant with many for one week. Or seven years, if you will. But in the middle of the week, three and a half years, in the middle of that week, He will put a stop to sacrifices and offerings. Now remember we talked about the temple being rebuilt and the Jews making sacrifices again in their temple. We know as Christians today, there's no need for these sacrifices to be made because Jesus has come and fulfilled those sacrifices. 
There's no more sacrifices to be made. But the Jews don't know that. Many Jews I'm talking about. Some Jews do. They say, ain't Jews know Jesus and, and they're worshiping Him today? But it's a small percentage of all the Jewish race. And so, they're going to rebuild the temple. They're going to have sacrifices again on the temple mound. And notice what it says. He will put a stop to sacrifices and offerings and the abomination of desolation will be on a wing of the temple until the deceiver or uh, the deceased destruction is poured out on the desolator. Until Jesus pours out His wrath on the Antichrist. Let me interpret what He's saying. These things are going to take place. The abomination of desolation <clears throat> will be on a wing of the temple. Now without going too deep into this, and maybe I have already this morning, but I think it, it helps you understand what's going to take place. The Jews will apparently be able to resume animal sacrifices there in this new made temple. And they will continue until the middle of the week, until three and a half years of the Antichrist rule has gone by. The Antichrist is ruling the world. He's influencing everything. He's not just against the Jews, but he is against anything godly. So for the Jews to have an altar and for them to be making sacrifices, the temple has to be rebuilt. And as we look at our world today, there's some things that have to take place. There's going to have to be a treaty made between the Jews and Muslims who control the temple area right now. I don't know how that's going to come about. But God does. And I believe the Word of God that they're going to rebuild that temple. Let me tell you, today in Jerusalem, there are Jews that are planning on their new temple. They have gathered together materials to erect this new temple maybe in a day. We know that as they built this early temple, they had all the rocks, the stones, hewn out and ready for the building of that temple and all they had to do was bring them there and assemble it. They didn't want the sound of hammers on the temple. And so they just brought all of this material and put it together and lo and behold, a great temple. I think that's going to happen in the future. I think they probably already got the materials for that today. My thinking. I'm not telling you that there's anything that anyone has said that substantiates that. We had a lot of people speculate about it. But I think that's taking place right now. They're getting ready to build that temple. I think. And... Whatever it takes, these things are going to come to pass in order for them to have that temple made. And it very well may be the Antichrist that helps put all of this thing together. Maybe. Now again, I don't know that. But the Apostle Paul tells us about this future event in a little more detail. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. He says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness, lawlessness is revealed, the man of desolation. 
Remember that word that we saw a little bit ago? Who is this? It's the Antichrist, isn't it? Notice verse 4. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's sanctuary publicizing that he himself is God. He himself is God. Before the day of the Lord. Or in other words, the Lord comes again to make things right and begin His millennial kingdom. All of these things have to take place. He's going to set Himself up as God in the temple. This is the abomination of desolation. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, verse 21, For at that time there will be great tribulation, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now, and never will again. What kind of tribulation is that? What kind of trouble is that? It's terrible. It's something that is going to come come to place on this world. Daniel confirms this in two places. In chapter 12 of Daniel, in his book. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, he says, At that time, Michael the great prince, who stands watch over your people, will rise up. There will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time, all your people who are found written in your book will escape. Hmm. This will be a time of great distress and tribulation, but don't miss the words that are in that last part of the verse. Everyone whose names are written in the book will escape or be saved. What book is this? It's the Lamb's book of life. The same book that your name was written in when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now I mentioned earlier that individuals need to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They must or they're going to face eternity without God. But, when you trust Jesus as your Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We have that stated many times in the Scriptures. And these individuals who are in that end time event, some of them have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. I mentioned that Jews were saved today. Yes, we have Jews saved today. But, here's the thing. If you're a saved Jew, at the beginning of that last week, I believe the rapture is going to take place. And if it does, and I really believe that it will, these Jews that have believed are going to be raptured with us. But what's going to happen immediately after the rapture? I believe that individuals who have heard the message, who have been told about these things, and weren't saved, some of them are going to say, oh, this took place just like God said that it would. And they'll turn to God, and they'll turn to Him for His salvation, and their names are going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. I don't know how many of them that will be on this earth at that time, but there are going to be individuals who are saved, living, during the time of the Antichrist here on the earth. And the destructions and the trouble that we see here. A time of trouble that never has been before and never will be again. And they're going to have to go through that. They're going to go through that because they didn't trust Jesus prior to Him coming for His saints. You see, there's two parts of the second coming. 
Jesus is going to come for His saints. And then seven years later, I believe it's seven years later, He's going to come with His saints. And we're going to rule and reign with Him for a thousand years, and then we're going to be with Him forever and ever in the heaven ages. We don't have time to talk about that this morning, but you see what I'm talking about. And in Revelation 21, verse 27, the book He calls the Lamb's Book of Life there in Revelation at the very end. That time frame that Daniel is referring to is the Great Tribulation. I don't want to go through that. A time such as has never been. A trouble that has never been. Will be. And never will be again. I don't want to be in that. And so, that's why it's important. Well, that's not the only reason. That's not really the main reason. But that's one reason for you to trust Jesus today for your salvation. Now, we've skipped Matthew chapter 24, verses 16 through 20. I'd like to turn there and read that now as we come to the conclusion of this message. It says in that passage of Scripture, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house. And a man in the field must not go back to get his clothes. Woe to a pregnant woman and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your escape may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Now, I don't know all the implications of what he's saying there. But, Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 24 also speaks of this. Except in Luke, Jesus says to those who flee, they're fleeing for an army coming and surrounding the city. Maybe there's going to be an army come and surround the city. I don't know. But, he's talking about that abomination of desolation that we've been talking about this morning. Coming. So those in Jerusalem at the end of time, the end of days, during that great tribulation, should heed the words that Jesus is telling here. Matthew 24, verse 22 says, Unless those days were limited, no one would survive. Now, it's not just talking about the Jews. It's not just talking about those that are saved who are in that great tribulation. No one would survive. That's how terrible, how catastrophic these events are going to be. But notice, but those days will be limited because of the elect. Now what does that mean? No one would survive. If these days continue. But. It's. What we think of as. As we think of a nuclear catastrophe. We know there's enough. Nuclear energy today. To destroy. This earth. Maybe. I don't know. But no one would survive. If these days were not shortened. Now, what does it mean to shorten these days? I don't know. Does it mean that these, this last week will be cut short? It won't be the whole seven years? I don't know. Does it mean that the days are going to be shortened? In other words, there will only be sunlight for a part of the day, and part of the day is not going to have sunlight? I don't know. Could be. But these days are going to be shortened. And the elect are going to escape. There's 
a bright future. Because the Lord is going to come with His army at the end of that time, at the end of the seven years, and He's going to take control. He's going to put down the Antichrist, and He's going to establish His rule on this world for a thousand years. Now think of this for a moment. Often when Christians are employed in companies, those businesses, those companies are blessed because of the Christians that work there. Did you know that? We can see in the Scriptures how this has worked out in the past with God's people. Think for just a minute of Laban. He was the father-in-law of in Genesis of Jacob. And because of Jacob's being his servant or working for him, he blessed Laban because of Joseph, uh, Jacob. Well, speaking of Joseph, as he went to Egypt, we find that God blessed those that Joseph worked for, didn't He? Now, the question is, are people around us being blessed because we're living for God and we're doing what God wants us to be? Daniel 12.1 says, There will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since the nation came, came into being until that time. But that time, but at that time, all your people who are found written in the book, will escape. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Amen. <laughs> if it's not, it needs to be. And today is the time that you need to have that name written there. I'm not saying that we're going to go through the Great Tribulation. I don't think we will. In fact, if... If the Antichrist comes during our lifetime while we're still on this earth, I think the rapture is going to take place at the middle of the tribulation. After the first three and a half years. I can't see anywhere in the scriptures that is telling us that God's people would go all the way through the tribulation. I think we're going to be raptured at the beginning of it. But your name needs to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life today. I don't know when the Lord's going to come. Now, if I believe that the rapture was going to take place at the middle of the tribulation, I'd tell you look for the Antichrist. The Bible doesn't tell us to look for the Antichrist. When you see these things begin to take place, look up for your redemption draws nigh. The Lord is coming. As we have our musicians come, we get ready for our final hymn, Amazing Grace. If there are decisions that are needed from those that are here this morning, especially if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let me show you from the pages of God's Word what you need to do today that you might be saved, that you might have eternal life. Maybe that there are other decisions that are needed. Let us stand as we sing this final hymn. And as God is speaking to you, would you come? Make the decision He wants you to make.
Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. 
What a blessing. And we know that all good things come from you. And we thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you for the word of God that was preached. Yes, you're coming again, Lord. Help us to be ready. And if we're not, God, help us. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, that you've helped Austin and my wife and others, uh, Betty and all the others that we pray for, that you're blessing them. And thank you, Lord, that we know that when we're born again, greater days are ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.